Hello, 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 everyone. I would like to welcome you to the New Beginnings Podcast. I am your host, Jay Jackson. Um, we are in another session of our Testimonial Tuesday, and we give glory to God for another opportunity to come before you and to expound and teach on different subject matters in accordance with the foundation in the Word of God. As the New Beginnings Podcast is coming to you at this time, don't forget to follow me on my YouTube page at the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. You can also follow me on Spotify and your Apple Podcast. Amen. So I truly give glory to God um, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Remember, good morning, good afternoon, and or good evening. And so we're going to get into a word of prayer. Our subject for tonight is the space to repent. Amen. We're, we're going to really uh, get into the word of God tonight. I got a few different reference scriptures on this subject. Uh, it's pretty much a continuation of our message of last week. Um, say less, um, pray more and restore. We're going to go into a continuation of that message, but we're going to be talking about when God gives us the space to repent. Amen. So our gracious and heavenly father, Lord, I praise you and I magnify you and I thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing right now. <clears throat> you are the God that has been better than good to each and every one of us. Oh God, Lord, I thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you for your strength, your power. I thank you for being the God that is my healer, the God that is my savior. Lord, I thank you for the plan of salvation. I thank you that you gave us your only begotten son, my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your blood on the cross. Hallelujah. It is through you, Jesus Christ, for you said in your word that you are the way, the truth and the life. And then no man comes to the father, but by you. Hallelujah. And father, I believe everything that is in your word. Hallelujah. I stand here today. Oh God, because there's a prophetic word over my life. Hey, glory be to God. Lord, I don't know why I would be without you, but I thank you and I praise you and I magnify you for it. Now, Lord, as I come before your people on this day, Father, I ask for forgiveness. I come before you, oh God, because in your word, it said, if we confess our sins, that we are, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, forgive me for every thought that was not like you. Forgive me for every word that was spoken, oh God, that came contrary to your will and to your way. Forgive me for any disposition, God, that did not line up with your will for my life. Father, create in me a clean heart and renew within me the right spirit. Take not that Holy Spirit from me, O oh God. Lord, I can't make it without you and I can't do anything without you. But I need your help each and every day of my life. So I give you praise. I give you honor, God, and I give you the glory. Father, bless every listener that would listen to this podcast. Bless everyone that would take the time, Lord, to take in this word, oh God. I pray that it would touch the hearers, oh God. I pray that it would touch their hearts, that it would be a time of encouragement, inspiration, time to uplift them, oh God. Hallelujah. Let your word go forth, oh God. Hey, thank you, Lord Jesus. And bless all those that are listening, God. Bless their homes, their families, and keep them, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I'd like to give an honor to God who's the head of my life. Thank God for yet finding me saved, sanctified, and filled with his precious Holy Ghost. I'd like to give an honor to my pastors, Dr. Xavier Menzies and Pastor Latanya Menzies of the Christian Family Worship Center, located at 6532 Arizona Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. Amen. Don't forget, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., we have our morning worship service. And I want to ask you a question. I actually want to ask you a favor. Can you come join me for church? Just take a minute. Just want to take a few seconds and say, hey, if you ain't got a church home, you're looking for a church home, you're looking for a place to worship, you're looking to get a sound word, amen, 
come on and join me at Christian Family Worship Center. You may be saying, Jermaine, I want to visit your church, but I don't have a ride. Now, I ain't got a whole lot of space, but I can pick you up. And if you need a ride and you, and you want to contact me, say, I want to come to church. Hey, come on, call church if you're in my area. Because you may be a friend, a family member, listen to this, and we even want to get you to church. Amen. I believe church is one of the best places that you can be. And I know sometimes we, we talk about things on here and uh, you know, there's different things I speak about. It could be a controversy about the church. And remember, the church is the body of Christ. So even if I don't see you in the physical building, we can link up in prayer. We can link up and fast. Because the church is more than just a four wall. That's the building. That's a place of worship. That's the meeting place. And I can go into the word where God has purposed us to get a designated spot where he wants us to come and worship him and to magnify him. But outside of those walls, the church is me and you because the Holy Spirit, the church is the body of Christ. We are the church. Amen. God, I give you praise. So join us for service at Christian Family Worship Center. But even if you can't make the service, join me in prayer, join me in fasting, join me. Let's talk about God. Let's have a conversation. I am under the belief, amen, that God can be a part of every conversation. You just got to let him in. Come on. Come on. God can be a part of every conversation if you're willing to let him in. It's all I, God. When it comes to this world and everything we talk about, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So everything in this world is because of God. He created it. He created us. So God can be a part of every conversation. But the question is, will you let him in? Amen. Let's get to this conversation on today. Space to repent. Remember on last week, we were in Galatians 6 is 1. And when I read these verses today, we're going to be in the Amplified uh, Bible. So we were in Galatians 6 is 1 where it reads, Brothers, if anyone is called in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsible to the guidance of the spirit, are to restore to the person in the spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. And I began to talk about last week that it seems like in today's time that there's so much exposure coming to the church, to pastors, to different ones in the church. You're hearing about these different scandals. You're hearing about all these terrible things that are coming out in the church. And of course, the world and the enemy is using that to put a spotlight on the church, that the people in the church can't live right. They can't do right, that they're pretty much living like everyone else in the world. But I just want to come to tell you that just because one bad apple don't mean it's going to spoil the bunch. And I'm not here to talk about anybody, but I, I just get fired up when people say, well, that's why the whole church is bad. But we look in our everyday lives and we see people in our jobs and different places. And one person does not destroy an entire organization. One person does not destroy an entire family. One person does not destroy a system or a corporation because one person did the wrong thing. And I, I, I'm just a person that I don't like it when I see things. Yes, people are going to make mistakes. People are going to do what they want to do. But that's not a reason to shine a negative light on the entire body of Christ because of one or a few people. So when I hear those type of things, and it is true, it is coming out, many things are being exposed. And I definitely believe it is a trick of the enemy to make the world think that because of what we see, because of what's coming out about different leaders in the body of Christ, that there's no point in being saved. There's no point in going to church. But I want to disagree with that. And I want to say that the devil is a liar. 
The devil wants to pervert and expose everything that is wrong with the body of Christ. But that does not mean that God is not real. That does not mean that Jesus Christ did not die for your sins. But we're going to talk about that tonight. In Galatians 6 and 1, we hear that verse. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in a sin, you are spiritual. That's those of us that respond in the spirit. We're supposed to restore such a one. And last week, I talked about giving more grace to people, learning to pray for people. Say less, pray more, and restore. Let's stop talking about, let's start praying for them that God would help them, that they would come into themselves and that they would repent, that they would ask God for forgiveness. Amen. Created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Just because you mess up and do wrong, that doesn't mean that God won't forgive you. That doesn't mean that you cannot come before God with a repentant heart and he won't restore you. But a lot of times in this world, not those of us in the world, even those of us in the church, we talk about people when they mess up. We spend time talking about what they shouldn't have done, can't believe they did it. But we forget where we used to be at. That's why this verse says we can't look at people with a sense of superiority in a, from a vantage point of pride, making it seem like we can't fall to the same thing. So I feel that we have to be very, very careful when we put our mouths on people. And, and let's go to the book of Revelation as we talk about this second chapter, starting at the 18th verse. In this second chapter, Jesus was speaking here when he gave this to John the Revelator. And he was basically describing different churches. There were letters that were written to seven churches in seven different areas. And in these letters, it was kind of talking about the characteristics of these churches and what Christ had seen in these churches and how he was going to deal with them. Many historians, as you read, many theologians talk about these were churches in the history during that time. Many say these are the characteristics of the churches throughout history, that if you look through history, that there have been churches that are in this state or carry on the characteristic of these churches. But I want to look at this one uh, church here. Um, it said, and the angel in verse 18, divine messenger of the church in Thyatira. These are the words of the son of God who has eyes that flash like a flame of fire and righteous judgment. Christ here when to do is, is seen as he's coming to judge this church and whose feet are like uh, burnished white hot bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your last deeds are more numerous and greater than the first. So Christ here says, I know your deeds. I know what you've done. Your, your last deeds are greater than your first. I know all the good stuff you've done. Doesn't that sound like the church that many of our leaders and those that are in church, people know our deeds. People know the community work you've done. They know the ones you've prayed for, the people you went to go visit in the hospital. This is describing some of the characteristics of the body of Christ. But I have this charge against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, claiming to be inspired, and she teaches and misleads my bond servants so that they commit acts of sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. But listen to this. Many times when we look at these people that are being exposed in the body of Christ, we're hearing about cheating scandals. We're hearing about men and women that are sleeping with their, uh, with their spiritual sons and daughters. We're seeing that where there are pastors and things that are up in the pulpit nowadays um, that are claiming to be of the LGBTQ community and that this is not me coming against that community, but I'm talking in accordance to the word of God, that this is not acceptable according to the Bible. Okay. We got same sex marriage pastors that are with the same sex that are saying they're pastors in the church. And that doesn't line up with the word of God. 
and what God has set forth from creation when he created man and female. This is what God created. And so as we see these things happening in the church, it's, it's a form of immorality that is leading people away. It is said when they allowed Jezebel to go so that they commit acts of sexual immorality, eat food, sacrifice the idol. So this person that was up teaching over this church were leading the people to commit um, sexual immorality, eating food that was sacrificed to act. All these things go against the word of God. And we have that going on right now today, that there are people in positions of authority, whether they be a pastor, bishop, apostles, prophet, evangelist, teachers, all type of people in the church that are giving the wrong message, that are leading people away from the word of God. And many times when these people are exposed, what the world sees is a reason to not trust God, a reason not to go to church. And even us in the body of Christ, we turn our nose up at them. Like what they're doing is abnormal. But if you look through the Bible, there were many leaders, not saying they were not called by God, not saying that they were not anointed, but they made mistakes. They made the wrong decision. But let's look at what Jesus says here in verse 21 in Revelation 2 and 21. He said, I gave her time to repent. Wait a minute. To change her inner self and her sinful way of thinking. Pause. When we mess up, this is not to shine a light on any leader in the church or any person. I really believe that God gives us space to repent. He said, I gave her space to repent. You don't think these pastors and people that are being exposed, these uh, religious leaders that are messing up, that God didn't give them space to repent? What you do in secret, the Bible says God will bless you openly. But don't you think if you got some secret sins, that if you are giving space to repent, but look here, the scripture says, but she had no desire to repent of her immorality and refuses to do so. When you repent, it's a, the repent means to turn, but it also means to change your inner self and your sinful way of thinking. And the Bible says here, let, let, let's go to first Corinthians. Amen. I told you we were going to be Using some scripture in the words tonight. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 8, 11 through 12. For through your knowledge, spiritual maturity, this weak man is ruined. That is, he suffers in his spiritual life. The brother for whom Christ died. And when you sin against the brothers and sisters in this way and wound their conscience by, con by confusing them, you sin against Christ. And I want to read that. Uh, let's go to the King James very quickly. So I'm looking for a certain word. Amen. And I might have put out the wrong scripture. Y'all, please forgive me for this. Amen. But in the Bible, it talks about what they talk about a willing mind. When we look here in Revelation, and if we go back to it, to that, to that part of Revelation, let's go back to it, 2 and 21. And I want to read it again for you in the Amplified. There it is. And God and Jesus said, I gave her space to repent, but she has no desire to repent of her immorality and refuse to do so to change her inner self and her sinful way of thinking. So whoever this prophetess was when this letter went out to the church, this leader, this person that the church was allowing to get up and speak. Jesus said, I gave her space to repent. 
So we're not told as to how long this was going on, but Jesus said, I gave her space to get it right, to turn, to change her sinful way of thinking, but her mind was not willing. It said that, but she has no desire to repent. We don't have to put our mouths on anybody and say they should be set down, they should be this, they should be that. Who's to say that God didn't give them space to repent, but they're choosing not to do it? And when we begin to look further in the Bible, let's, let's go to 1 Peter. As we see all these different things happening in the church, let's go to 1 Peter 4 and 17. And it says 1 Peter, for it is the time destined for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not respect or believe or obey the gospel of God? In the King James, it says that the judgment is first going to begin at the household of God. You don't think God knows how to deal with the ones that he has called, that he has anointed, that he has appointed? That's why I say we got to be careful because the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. And many people will say, but they're wrong. I can say what I want to say. Yes, call seeing what it is. But we got to be careful when we attack and judge people because we don't know how God is dealing with them. And you never want to get into the way how God is dealing with someone. Yes, identify sin. God said, I set before you this day good and evil. You got to know what's right. You have to know what's wrong. But sometimes we get into a space where we begin to play like we're God, where we feel like we can say who should be persecuted, who should be set down. And God may have not given us that clearance and authority to work in that way. But when you see all of these exposures, it's not so much about tearing people down. Judgment is coming to the house. Let's read it again. For it is the time destined for judgment to begin with the household of God. And that's why when the world responds to what is happening in the church, it says, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not respect or believe or obey the gospel? Let's go to 1 Timothy 4 and um, 1. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Thank you all for your, uh, for your patience. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 says, But the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in lighter times some will turn away from the faith paying attention instead to the deceitful and the seductive spirits and doctrine of demons. When we are seeing this falling away from the faith, this leaving of the faith, this is all in the Bible. This is why we have to pray to God, give them the mind to repent. The word already talked about it, that this is what's going to happen in the world today, that this is what's going to go on. And, and if, excuse me, he, he, here's the verse about the will in mind. And, and the desire that God wants. God doesn't want us to fall away from the faith. God desires for everyone to be saved. So when we're seeing this exposure that is coming to the body of Christ, when many people are falling, many people are not able to keep themselves, many people are being so carnal and so fleshly, this is what is happening. Judgment is coming to the house of the Lord. If the judgment is coming to the church, if I was in the world, I would be careful because the Bible say, well, what's going to happen to the ones that don't want to even obey God, that don't even want to heed and submit to his word? If God is judging the house of God, if he's judging those that he has appointed, he has anointed. If Jesus said, I gave them space to repent. Remember, 
these letters that is written to these seven churches throughout history, they're saying this is the characteristics of some of the churches, not just of today, but throughout history, that there are certain locations that have been through this. But when we are messing up, and I'm not just putting this on, I'm saying me, myself, I am under the conscious belief that we have space to repent. That when you know right from wrong, when you are saying that I'm a believer, I'm a child of God, and I'm living every day according to God and his word, and you begin to do things, whether you were seduced, maybe you were led away by your own lust, things that you, that you know that are wrong, that you know that don't please God, that you know that go contrary according to his word. He gives you space to repent. But if there is no will in mind, remember, in Revelation, it said that she had no desire to repent. Do you know we got some people that have no desire to repent? And I know what people say, well, how is God going to allow them to continue to do what they're doing? Well, who are we to question God? Who are we to question how he's going to deal with that person? A lot of us want to see retribution and punishment come to people, but sometimes we got to stay out of God's business. And allow God to deal with people the way that he's going to deal with them. Because here, a call to prayer. First Timothy 2. First of all, then I urge that petitions, specific requests, prayers, intercession, prayers for others, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all people. For kings and all who are in positions of high authority. Come on. Paul is saying here, when he was giving this to Timothy, Timothy was a young pastor. He said, I desire for king. He said, Prayers and for others and for thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in positions of high authority. So when we talk about these pastors and these different ones that are being exposed, they're in a position of authority. They need prayer. And I see people who said, I'm not going to pray for them because they wrong. Okay, but pray that they repent. Just because you're in a position of authority, just because you're anointed, just because you're appointed, it does not mean that you cannot fall. It does not mean that you are not fighting something that could take you out and separate you from God. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for the body of Christ. Pray that they will have the chance. Remember, repent is to not, they, it said in Revelation, we looked at Amplify, the sinful way of thinking. I said on last week, some people have been put in positions of authority that they were not prepared to be in. They weren't mature enough. They were not developed enough, but somebody put them up because they looked like they should have been in a position. But what if their mind was never changed? Salvation is a process. You can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and receive him into your heart and thou shalt be saved. And you really have a mind, but your mind hasn't been changed. If you've been going around this earth for 30, 40 some years, sinning, doing what you want to do, being led, uh, pleasing the desires of your flesh. You confess Christ and you get saved. That doesn't mean that the mind is changed instantaneously. It takes time to get rid of the sinful way of thinking. My God, I give you praise. But I tell you, God can do it by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12 and 2, he can renew the mind. God can do it, but you got to have a will in mind. But we got to pray for everybody, even in authority. There used to be in a time in the church where people thought that the pastors and those in leadership positions, bishops and stuff, oh, they're fine. They're in that position. No. Some of them are fighting the same things that me and you are fighting. That just because you're in a position of authority, it does not. Don't you know what every level they say for every level, there's another devil. 
that the enemy's going to come at them even harder. The temptations are even stronger. That the devil definitely wants to tear them down. See, if he's just messing with the lay member, not that they're not important, not that they don't have power, but the enemy says, if I can get the pastor to fall, if I can get the one that's in leadership, if I can get the minister, the elder, if I can get them to fall away from the faith, that I may be able to cause the whole church to close down. I can keep the sinners that's on the outside to stay sinning and to never believe in the church. So I want the exposure to those in authority. Those are the ones I want because it's going to be broadcast. It's going to be put over the internet. Those are the ones that I want. That's what the devil wants. But we have to pray that people will be cautious, that people will be mindful, that they have space to repent. Let's keep reading. So that we may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. God desires for all of us to be saved. If God didn't desire for us to be saved, why would there be space for us to repent? That means everything that we do, we say that comes contrary to his word. When we're in defiant disobedience of the word of God, we should receive punishment. Some of us know we shouldn't be here for some of the things we have done. We could have died. We should be down and, and under. We should just be out there just stranded. But God gave us grace and mercy and the space to repent. And his desire is that we all be saved, that we all would come to the divine truth. Isn't that what it said here? Desires that all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of divine truth. The God that we serve is a God of reconciliation. God doesn't want you to stay in your fallen state. Many are falling away from the faith, but God doesn't want you to stay in that fallen position. He desires for you to be saved. He desires for you to be in a relationship with him, for you to come back to him. That is not the state that God wants you to stay in. So when we mess up, he gave us space, space to repent. When David sinned with Bathsheba, that's what Psalms 51 is made of. When we say, created us a clean heart, renewed us in the right spirit, that psalm is attributed to David. When he sinned with Bathsheba, had her husband, David committed adultery, he committed murder, deceitful, lie, all of that. And the prophet Nathan came to David, told him that story. David said, who is this man? He said, you are that man. And many people can look at the Bible and say, David committed murder. David stole a man's wife, got her pregnant, committed adultery. All David should have died. But wasn't David allowed to repent? Didn't he say, blot out my transgressions? Was he not given time to come to himself? Once he realized what he did, when we are led away in sin, we're not even thinking about the things of God. How many of you are under the sound of my voice? I'm talking about you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But you were led away and into some things where you weren't thinking about God. I'm going to raise both my hands. Now, some of you may be listening to me. Oh, Elder Jackson, I've never been in that position. I've I just been living saved. I ain't never been led away by my lust. I, I've been living, for, and, and God bless you. But I'm talking about me. I've had some times where I know I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but was led away by things that were not of God, made mistakes. And I am gracious that I was given the space to repent. 
that God gave me the opportunity to change my sinful way of thinking and to change my inner self. And I'm at a stage in my walk with God now that, Lord, if I even think I'm doing the wrong thing, I'm repenting. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Father. When the Holy Spirit convicts me of something, I'm quick to repent. It don't take me long because I know what it is to be in a place where I'm not right and to feel like, God, I don't even want to pray because I don't know if you're going to forgive me for what I've done. And I never want to be in that place again. I know what it is to be bound by something. And it seemed like that 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 yoke of bondage of sin won't let you go, that you want to get rid of it. You you want to break it from you, but you can't break free of it because you feel like you've been in it so long. But thank you, Lord, for the space to repent. When David came to himself and realized what he had done, he repented. But what if Nathan would have said, he just wrong, God. Let him deal with it. God desires that we all would be saved and come to the recognition of the divine truth. So therefore, when your brother's overtaken in a fault to every believer, let's not put our mouths and have a gossip session about the ones that have failed from the faith, the ones that have departed from the faith. But let's pray that they would repent. That if they have space and time to get it right, that they will come to themselves and say, Lord, created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. God, I'm sorry. God, I messed up. God, forgive me for my wrongdoings. Lord, have mercy on me. Have any of you, as I bring this thing to a close, just got to a point where you're just saying, God, have mercy on me? When the power of the spirit begins to show you your areas of error, your ways are you falling short and you have to just sit and pray, Lord, have mercy on me. God, I'm sorry. As some of you listen to this, this, you may not say, well, this is not the usual mess where Jermaine is excited. He's hyping this and that because this is just something that as I continue to read the Bible that God has just placed on my heart that has become so sincere to me. We definitely need to give more people grace because God has given us grace. And we got to be careful who we put our mouths on. You have no idea how God is dealing with someone. God is the one who executes the judgment when he's dealing with the ones that he's called, the one that he's anointed. And if someone was put up in error, I believe God will deal with it. It's in his word. Judgment is going to begin at the house. And in that revelation, he said, but I have some things against you because you allow. So we even have to be careful who we allow in certain places to speak over people, to talk over people. He told that church, you allow this person to get up and do some teachings that is not aligning with the, you know, that they're doing some false stuff and it's leading the people the wrong way. So we have to be careful who's being put up. Who's talking? Who's speaking? Because they can come with a message that is not lining up with the word of God. And some people may be saying, well, Jermaine, that, that's in the church. That's the pastor's job. Be careful who you allow to speak over your children. Huh? Be careful who you allow your children, whose house they go to. One thing I ask my children, oh, I got this friend, dad, or I got this friend. Who they people is, who their mom, who they dad, 
Hmm? What's going on at their house? What do they teach? What's the doctor of that house? Some people may say, well, that's too personal. You, you shouldn't ask what goes on nobody's house. No, because I don't want to allow my children to go into places and things that's going to go against what I've raised them in, what I've taught them in. Well, Jermaine, we thought you were just talking about the church, Dad. We got to watch the leaders. No, this could come back to home, too. Thank you, Lord. We are still authorities, mothers and fathers. We're authorities in our home. And when we allow our children to go into places and areas where we know that the teaching does not line up with what we teach, we have a responsibility to say, maybe you can't go to such and such house because what they're teaching, what they're doing, or the way they're carrying themselves, it contradicts what I'm teaching you here. Ah, some people going to hear that they're not going to agree with me, and that's fine. But I thank God that I had a mama that didn't let me go everywhere, that didn't let me be around everybody. Because I could have took on the doctrine of what they were teaching, and I can't say my life would be where it is right now. Remember, in this time when people are falling apart, they say they're giving over to seducing spirits. People are very seductive in how they do things. And the enemy is, in the Bible says he was the most, when he talked to Eve, he was the most subtile creature. The devil is very crafty, very deceiving. And you can have people talking and speaking over your kids in such a way, and you start seeing a change in your children. And I'm very observant of my children when they go to school, when they be around people. And when I see that switch in them, I ask, who you been around? What you mean? What's going on? Because something ain't right. I see something in you that don't line up with the doctrine of this house and how you've been taught and what's been put in you. So now I need to investigate. Now I need to pray. Now I need, not that I don't pray anyway, but now I need to really look and see what's going on. We got to try the spirit by the spirit. So we have to be on our guard. We have to be on our post. Not only in the body of Christ, but in our homes, in our communities, in our families. To make sure that we're not allowing the wrong things to get in. We don't want to be in a position like that church where we allow the wrong people and things to get in. And to get up and speak and, and to lead people away from Christ. To lead people into immorality. To lead them in. Because many people can speak and be very captivating, very motivating, and it's very easy for them to lead you in. It's very easy. A lot of people have been, you know, we can easily get led away by people's words, but you have to listen and be careful to what's going in your ear gates. And we have to have discernment, be able to discern what people are saying. You got to be careful what people are saying over you. There are some conversations I've learned I just can't be a part of because the content of it and the spirit that's in it is not of God. And people be like, Jermaine, what's your opinion? Don't have one. Because my spiritual ear is telling me what you're talking about. I don't need that. Matter of fact, I'm going to excuse myself from this area because I don't want to hear it. We have to be careful what we allow people to speak over us and what conversations we get in. Because we could take on things that God never meant for us to take from a simple conversation. We have to be careful. And as we bring this to a close today, this Testimonial Tuesday, I thank God for the space to repent. If you're under the sound of my voice, don't feel like that. Well, Jermaine, I, I, I've just done so much. 
I, I once believed in God, but now I've done this. How would God ever take me back? God said, I'm married to the backslider. And I know usually I do this before I pray, but if you're under the sound of my voice and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can receive him today. Jesus died for the sins of the world. My sin, your sin, everybody's sin. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because of Jesus Christ, we have access to God. If you ask God to forgive you, acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. I just read it. God desires that all would be saved and to come into the recognition of the divine truth. The divine truth is who Christ is. That's the truth of the matter. It's all about Jesus. You may have heard other things. There's a lot of other religions and different things, but there's a whole lot of false teachings out there. There's a whole lot of things that people are getting drawn to that may be more charismatic. But the gospel is the announcement of the good news of Jesus Christ. And you can make a conscious decision to accept him and make him your Lord and Savior on today. Because this is what God has desired, that all of his creation would be saved. But don't forget the message. There are some that have no desire to repent. They don't want to change the sinful way of thinking. There has to be a willing mind. If your mind is not willing to change, remember, God gave all of us free will. We have free will. And if you're not willing to change your mind, it's a decision that has to be made. When you repent, meaning I'm turning from all evil, from all sin, I'm making a choice to turn from everything that displeases God. And to walk in spirit that I may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I hear you saying what you mean. I, I've messed up. But the space to repent. Read that story about David and Bathsheba. That's one of the found. It's not the only one in the Bible where God gave people space to repent. But just read that story and what he did. But he had time to repent. Well, the sword never left from David's house because of what he did. That's true. But he still got a chance to repent. When you have the space to repent. Don't overlook that time. God, I give you praise. Mm. Hallelujah. That in the day when you hear my voice harden out your heart, Father, I thank you, God. Whoo, Jesus. And Lord, as I pray right now, Father, I thank you for the space to repent, oh God. When there are times in our lives, God, when we are walking in error, when we are walking in sin, when we're doing things that are not pleasing according to your word. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Lord, I thank you for the spirit. Thank you for the Holy Ghost that comes as a spirit of conviction, O oh God, that exposes us and let us know, God, when we are not doing things according to your word. And thank you, God, when you give us the opportunity to repent, when you give us the opportunity to ask for forgiveness, O oh God, Thank you for your grace and mercy that has been extended toward each and every one of us. Lord, we are so undeserving of it. But thank you, God, that we can ask you to create in us a clean heart and to renew within us the right spirit. And thank you, Lord, 
that we can even ask you not to take your Holy Spirit from us. Help us to understand and recognize, Lord, that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that we are your property, O oh God. Let us be mindful of what we say, what we see, what we hear, what we take ourselves, what we do. Lord, we don't want to live a life where we are found being an arrow, oh God. And I thank you, Lord, for every warning that you give us, for every sign that you give us to let us know when we are going in the wrong direction, when we are doing things that are not pleasing, oh, to you, pleasing to you, oh God. Father, I appreciate you for it. So help us, God, to do better. And I thank you, God, for the space to repent and to get it right. Thank you for being a God of reconciliation. That when we turn our backs on you, when we depart from the faith, yeah, glory be to God. When we fall away and cause sin to separate us from you, God, that you don't turn your back on us. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That you still are patient with us. And then when we come back, Lord, like the prodigal son, hallelujah, glory be to God. When we come to ourselves and realize that we need to return back to our first love, which is you, oh God, that you take us back with open arms, you forgive us, you will wash us and cleanse us and make us whole and restore us, oh God, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I pray that this world would know that your love is commended toward each and one of us, oh God, and that we can come back to you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. That if we can get past the flesh, the embarrassment and the shame that comes along with sin and repent. And I pray for the renewed mind for everyone that is stuck in a sinful way of thinking, Lord, change their minds in the name of Jesus by the power of your word. That something would be said to restore and change their way of thinking, oh God. Hallelujah. I give you praise and I give you glory and I thank you right now. Father, I love you with all of my heart. And I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you on today. Amen. If you have any prayer requests, hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. You can put it into the chat. I will definitely be praying for you and your loved ones. I want to stand with you in prayer. Amen. Amen. Or you can email it to me at jakejackson7982 at gmail.com. Amen. And let's just continue to pray that many will uh, repent, that many will come to Christ. It's a desire that all men be saved. It's a desire. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you're saying, well, I'm a believer, I'm saved. Somebody pray for you. That you will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ is. So to me, it's a common courtesy that we pray for somebody else. All of us know somebody who haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Keep praying for them. Don't worry about what you see. But based off what I'm seeing, they ain't trying to have nothing to do with God. That's OK. Some of us. What's the Bible say? Such were some of you. We ain't want nothing to do with God, with Jesus, with church, none of that. But somebody kept praying for us to our mind was changed, to that sinful thinking was eradicated from our minds. And we put on the new man. Remember, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. There was a regenerated. There was a regeneration in your spirit. 
But in uh, Romans 12 and 2, it says, and be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some people mindset just ain't been changed. But keep praying that God will change their mind and God will change their inner self. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep praying for them. Because some of us are here based off the prayers of those before us, our mothers, our grandmothers. Somebody was praying for you. They didn't give up on you. And some of them have passed on and they didn't even get to see you declare Christ as your Lord and Savior. But they kept praying. So we have a duty to keep praying for our families, our loved ones, our community, our friends, those that we see that are struggling. Keep praying for them. That they will come into the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. And now to him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless for the presence of his glory with the seed and joy. To the only wise God, I say, be the glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. Amen. I see you all next week on Testimonial Tuesday. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.